Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. This is going to be such a great chat today. Have you ever had that feeling that something's missing from your life? I know I certainly have. And what if you got everything that you thought you wanted or what society told you that you should have, but you still felt empty and alone? What if that suburban dream was more like a nightmare? My guest today, the beautiful Brie Element, knows this feeling all too well, and it's partly responsible for her daily struggle with generalised anxiety and panic disorders. Bree's an in-demand marketer, storyteller and content strategist, so locally and superstar internationally. And she's worked with some of Australia's most iconic brands from the Sydney Opera House, realestate.com.au and Channel 9, one of our TV stations here. At 45, she's a mum of three, runs two businesses, but still feels like something's missing from her life. And Bree and, and I connected, reconnected just recently, Bree was um, one of the presenters at Happiness Hangouts in the very early days. And when we reconnected, we kind of got onto this topic of, you know, is that all there is in life? Is, you know, something missing? So we're going to dive into that and, and talk more about identifying your purpose and most importantly, having the courage to step into that purpose. And for Bree, it starts with building a white timber church in her backyard. Oh my goodness, Bree. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm so good. I've had an interesting morning. I've, yeah, I've been in tears and I've been happy and I've been just like talking to you has just pulled up all this stuff for me. It's just reconfirming everything I already know. So it's fine. It is so good to see you. I'm loving those earrings. I somehow forgot to wear, yeah, some amazing earrings. That's right. Some of them are listening, so they won't even know. Just pretend you've got kick-ass earrings on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, Brie, this is going to be a great topic, and I know a lot of the women listening and the blokes too, um, I know a lot of them will probably relate to this, like so many things that we've talked about already. But before we dive into, you know, finding your purpose and how that, sense of something missing is impacting your life. I want to know a little bit more about you. You're an iconic local. You're a Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you listening internationally, Queanbeyan is a border city to Canberra. So Canberra is the capital of Australia in the Australian Capital Territory. Queanbeyan is our border city, but basically they're merged together. So an iconic local. Have you always lived in Queanbeyan? 
Yeah, so I was born at what was then Woden Valley Hospital. Ooh. And um, I always say my life changed for the better when I came home to Queanbeyan. <laughs> two or three days later. So um, I was actually born in Canberra, but yes, definitely raised in Queanbeyan. Definitely yeah. a Queanbeyan girl. Actually, a friend of mine gave me the best compliment. She said, You put the Queen in Queanbeyan. Oh, I, was like, I love that. This is the greatest. But there's, she wrote my tagline for me. So <laughs> oh, that's cool. The yeah, Queen in Queanbeyan. Yeah. yeah. Very proud local. Yeah. Actually, I think that's great. I, I love that proud local. You might have alienated a few of the Canberra locals here. No, no, don't get me wrong. Canberra is the other great love of my life. It's a real struggle between which do I love more, Canberra or Queanbeyan. And, you know, if any locals have read any of my writing, you can tell that I'm deeply in love with Canberra as well. Yes. No need to worry. There's plenty of love to go around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you're proud. You're absolutely proud. What was growing up like for you? Look, it was... It was great. Like, what can I say? I'm the eldest of four children. Definitely grew up in the suburban lifestyle where dad was a public servant and mum stayed at home. We were really lucky. I was a really confident kid. I was a really competitive kid. I probably wasn't the smartest, but because I was confident and competitive, I would always top the class. It was kind of a mix of those two wow. things. Mm. Yeah, I loved I loved school because it was social and I could, I loved learning, so I just loved school. And, you know, straight out of high school, landed a job as a journalist on the local newspaper. They don't kind of do these traineeships anymore. It was called a cadetship. Yep. But that really fed my sense of curiosity and my need for variety and probably a little bit of, you know, ADHD there where I was doing something different every day. But it really was my training ground in being in becoming a storyteller. And so, you know, being a storyteller is just the greatest gift and the greatest honour of my life. And I'm so thankful that I'm just so curious about the world around me to be able to share you know, my mindset is if I find it fascinating, there's a really high chance someone else will. You know, if I find um, something interesting, someone else will. So that that kind of storytelling and ability to write quick, quickly and well underpinned, has underpinned my career. And I've been in communications and marketing for about 25 years. So, so you got the cadetship from school. Was that yep. a conscious choice and decision or was that? Not at all. No. no. So I had a mentor at the time who, 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 it's like something from the movie. He was this old Swedish guy who was a, actually a filmmaker who'd moved to Queanbeyan and really loved young people and wanted to help young people. It is so oh, bizarre. Yeah. His name was Gunnar Isaacson. And, you know, what was he doing in Queanbeyan? I have no idea. Why did, was he so passionate about youth? I don't know. But anyway, Gunnar, which, you know, we called him with his Aussie name, he got me writing a column for the local paper when I was like 15, 16. So I'd been contributing to the paper as a teenager, believe it or not. And then when I turned 18, he convinced the editor to give me a traineeship. So it it really was a little bit of, you know, me wanting, I knew I wanted to be a journalist. I, I kind of did actually know that, but this, this man who just happened to be at my life in the right time helped me with the gift of then getting a job doing, you know, what I love and how, and how I've got an 18 year old daughter and, you know, she's struggling with what do I do? What do I do? And it's like, you know, do what you like. You don't know what you want to do when you're 18, but I actually landed in something that was perfect for me, like so rare 
And I think, yeah, I, I think that, that that is rare. The thing I'm finding more and more that's maybe not as rare is that when people are going through sort of different elements of life, there's somebody there that sees something in them that they don't often see for themselves. And that's the catalyst to be able to go down a different path in life is what I, so it is rare and it's very special. So lovely that you had somebody that kind of saw something in you and opened an opportunity. That's really cool. That's, and, you know, talking about Brie having mentors at 16, 18, like however many years ago that was, that's a fairly rare thing too. Agree. Really like powerful. So you just don't, you know, years and years later, because I had people in my life that did something similar when I was in the workplace and I was just a angry 19-year-old that hated the world, somebody saw something in me and that just opened up the doors that led to my career. Yeah, just amazing and so grateful. And I would not have even, it's not till years later that I went, oh, actually, that was really important. Yeah. So we get to do that, hopefully, with others. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Now, Bree, when we were jumping online, before when we had a little chat about how you're going and just getting our heads in the zone, you actually shared with me that you felt quite vulnerable about the recording. Now, you're a com- you've already said this, and I know this. You are confident. You are competent. What was that vulnerability and that kind of nervousness about? So it was probably a couple of things or many different things. So one is I always want to be of help. One is I really saw this as an opportunity to help. And my anxiety was saying to me, no one will care about what you're saying. You know, I just, I really, I worried about whether this would help people at all. You know, me, oh, it's just you talking about yourself. No one cares. You know, this is, and for some people with anxiety, they'll understand this. And so I just was really anxious about this being a helpful tool. And I think just by being here, I, you know, I really hope that some of what I say resonates with someone. If one person is, you know, driving along listening and I say something that resonates, I think I've done that job. I think I've helped in some small way. That was kind of one thing is I want to be helpful. And, you know, my brain's telling me you're not helpful. And I think the other thing is, you know, it was this massive realize not a realisation, but a re reconfirming of what I'm meant to be doing in my life around, you know, I know deeply what my purpose is and, and being a part of this podcast for, you know, 40 minutes or so is really aligned with that purpose. And it felt re- like the floodgates opened. I was crying and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually it, you know. This is this is what I'm meant to be doing. So yeah, yeah. Oh my god, well, I just thought, I'm going to cry and I'm going to have I've got goosebumps and I've just got so many things at so many levels there. And when we reconnected just recently, I know we had this same, you know, alignment of where we at. Like there was just a very powerful energetic alignment. And when you said there about I'm not sure if what I say is going to be helpful. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it, how the mind works? Because you know at one level that it will help others by sharing. You're a storyteller. You're sharing your story and people relate to stories. And 
there will be so many people that relate to what you're sharing. But it's interesting, isn't it, how our minds, the power of our minds, and I've had to work through that too, because with the podcast, my goal is to be able to chat with women who have got stories and every woman has an inspiring story. And it's amazing the feedback I get from all, a lot of the listeners about a guest I've had and how that guest has impacted that person really powerfully. So I know that what you're going to share is actually going to be of use, but it's more about what it brings up in yourself, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) just as important, which I didn't realise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there was another thing around that too. There are people out there that absolutely need to hear your message. And one of the things I found, because I do a lot of work with women about confidence and, you know, letting go of those old stories and limiting beliefs. When we get off ourselves and stop thinking, oh, is my story going to be, you know, good enough? Thinking about the people, and you, you kind of did this as well, going, if there's just one person that resonates, mm-hmm. that's all worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about when we get off ourselves and go, well, how can we help others? Correct. I'm so desperate to help that I get anxious about helping. Yeah, and that might be that might there might be a key there as well. Yeah, because <laughs> there's some boundary stuff. Correct. So, what's your? You mentioned about you just know deeply what your purpose mm. is. What, mm. Tell me about that because a lot of people say to me, "I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how to find my purpose. Mm. I don't believe what my purpose is." So, what what's your deep feeling about what your purpose is it's so interesting because i it i remember like this moment and it was in at the end of 2013 where i just woke up you know and before then i'd lived this like actually really happy life with phenomenal jobs and you know two beautiful kids and this love you know my partner lovely man and you know i was just living this blissful life at kind of this level and then i was reading something and it was written in a way that was like, it was about being, you know, like a boss babe and a total boss bitch. And yeah. I didn't own a business at this point. I, I have no, I, I had no reason to be reading this, but, but the person writing it was like, you're not like the others. You're different. You're here for a deeper purpose. You know, I get you, babe, and I'm going to help you coach you into this amazing business. And I was like, Oh my God, someone just spoke to me. Ah, cool. Someone just spoke to me in a way I've never been spoken to before and yeah I am different and yeah I yeah there is something more than this oh my god and you know it's just fairly innocuous boss babe you know language but it just really and then I woke up and then the first one of the first books I read was actually Rebecca Campbell's um, Light is the New Black and so you know Beck is like an Aussie girl who's now living in the UK and I've been a long time clearly a long time supporter when I read Light is the New Black I was like holy shit I'm meant to be a light worker so so my deep purpose is to be a light worker is to light up and when I picture myself in the ultimate state of being where I've achieved ultimate self-actualization I'm in a room leading leading a conversation with primarily women around spiritual revolution and spiritual change and just that uplift of, you know, the entire universe. So, you know, really small stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually really big stuff. Yeah. 
And that vision and that vision of what I'm meant to be doing is about um, light and ease and making the complex simple and um, community and support and love and deep love. So that's mm. where I, you know, and I always refer to myself as a high priestess, jokingly, but that's actually that's actually what I would love to be. And isn't that interesting when at the beginning of this chat, the queen of Queen Beanne, <laughs> high priestess and light worker, mm. and it's really, I'm going to unpack this a little bit because you sort of said, you know, in 2013 I woke up and it's almost a lot of people I know experience their version of that, that life mm. is something and then more. there's something that triggers to go, oh, there's something more. And it's about paying attention to what that something more could be. And it's and you're explaining it like a light worker to share that light and positivity. What I'm not hearing, and you're sort of saying being a high priestess and sharing spirituality, that it's the essence of what your purpose is and how it manifests might be quite different for you than it is for other people. And I think that's the stage you're at is how am I going to, what's my next stage in the journey to actually manifest and become that. So before we go there, when we're talking about what is our purpose, and that sounds absolutely beautiful and, you know, same, 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 but different. (laughs) Yes. To some of us, our purpose is, to be a really lovely, good, supportive friend or to be a nurturing mum or or parent or, you know, dog sitter or something. I think sometimes we kind of get a little bit confused with purpose having to be this really grandiose. Yeah. For some people it is. Some people it is. For me it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, And one thing I experienced in the last couple of years, I had this sense that my purpose was to save humanity. <laughs> so if you think your your purpose was <laughs> <that. laughs> like, I see your high priestess and I raise you as save humanity. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but do you know what? I never went around going, oh, I have to save humanity. I have to save humanity. This came out through an iterative process of self reflection but what came to me is like far out I have this sense that I am responsible for saving humanity and if you can feel the weight of what that is I felt this over responsibility and the way that manifested was I just felt responsible to make everything okay for everybody and it wasn't like a you know I had boundaries in place but it was this internal weight that I carried And through the process, and this is the guidance I got from my guides, they said, now, Catherine, you've kind of taken your mandate for this lifetime. You've kind of misinterpreted what we want you to do. So your job isn't to save humanity because no one person can do that. Your job is to actually spread light, spread love and help individuals to live their best lives and by doing that you're sprinkling your magic and your positivity that's actually helping humanity to be a better place so when I got that insight so this insight was through you know self-reflection my connection with my guides 
there was this whole relief breed that just went, thank goodness. Yeah. And it really helped me to just set some other boundaries in place. So mm. I guess the, the reason I'm sharing that is when mm. we come in and we feel that we have this really big purpose, because you've said also, you know, I just want to help everybody. That's mm. great. Mm. It can be tiring and taxing. So it's about how do you do the light worker bit and mm. still be the high priestess, which you can absolutely, which you already are, but without <laughs> that added burden of over responsibility. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's things I already do around light work that I used to do probably more frequently that I don't anymore, but it's just, you know, telling my own story and being, telling the truth and sharing how I feel and sharing tips for, you know, how I deal with my anxiety, but also showing deep gratitude for the things I have. And there's all different types of light work. For some yes. reason, I've got this picture, yeah, of my white timber church and me, it's, which is a really religious picture, right? I'm in no way religious and no way, you know, want to be in any of those formalized structures of being a practical yeah. priest or yeah, priestess. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, I, there's lots of ways of being a light worker. Yeah. That I, that I'm, I, that I'm I, I would say that you had time, I'd do better. <laughs> I would say you already are doing that through your, you've been given the gift of writing and storytelling. That's being a light worker. And just by you, one of the things I always think about as well for myself, but for others is when we show up authentically and as we are, that's being a light worker. 100%. Because what we're doing is we are comfortable and confident to be ourselves you know mm. with all the bits that go with it yeah. <laughs> sometimes need to polish a few of those edges but when <laughs> we're comfortable I think other people see that and then it kind of helps them to be comfortable to be who they are mm. and without all this pretense of having to be better or should be doing something or like you said all those societal expectations mm. like Mm. Goodness, goodness, yeah. goodness. Yeah. So do you have a white church or is no, that but I have a No, I have a husband who's a cabinet maker, so almost a carpenter. <laughs> so if I buy the wood, <laughs> I, also, I also don't have a backyard. Oh. <laughs> I will manifest all of this, you watch, and, and you know, and you will come to the church. I've- also, breezes, basically. So. Breezes. Oh, I love <laughs> Praise breezes. Oh my gosh, you've got that all planned out. You've got that all planned out. <laughs> no, but a friend of mine came up with that, and yeah, it's hilarious. It's a joke. It's a joke. Joke, but not joke. <laughs> Correct. Joke, but also dream. Right. One yeah. of my big fears, one of my big anxieties, is people just thinking that I'm crazy. Right, seeing her going, you know, listening to this and going, oh my god, this woman wants to be a priestess with a with a church in her backyard, like what? And people just thinking that I'm, you know, really scared of being seen as like this woo woo hippie crazy. She's lost the plot kind of person, you know. I just really, I'm from fairly, fairly. How do you describe it? Not rigid, but fairly. 
I'm from a household where talking kind of mainstreamy. Correct. Mainstream. Yeah. yeah, a household where religion wasn't really talked about. We just kind of went to scripture at school, yeah. and you know, we never talked about spirituality, and and that's no one's fault. It just wasn't a thing. So now when I talk about it, and I'm really I'm just really, I'm like, I don't want people to think I've lost the plot of this real anxiety of, you know, Bree's lost her mind. and But that's just one of my fears, right? I'm stepping into who I'm meant to be and my ego and everything else is, you know, screaming, don't do this, people, you know, mm. you're going to ruin your, your life. People think you're crazy. People, everything's screaming at me to not be my true self and I need to have the courage to be my true self. Yeah. You know, this, is me trying to find the courage to be who I truly am. And Tony Robbins, I know he's polarizing, like people either yes. love him or hate him. And yeah. I, I absolutely love him. Yeah, I do he, talks about, he talks about the inner and the outer game. Yeah. So in terms of the outer game, like I'm pretty successful. You yes. know, I've got, yeah. a, for, you know, from other people's points of view or, you know, from what success looks like from the outside, I've got, you know, I've got a house, I've got three kids, I've got my hubby, I've got two businesses, I'm a storyteller, I'm, you know, and then the inner game, so my outer game's pretty strong and then my inner game is like, oh dear, you know, like not, it's like I'm not even close to living the life that will bring me true fulfilment. I'm not even close. I reckon there will be so many people that will go, oh my gosh, she's just talking directly to me. Because it's that. And also I was actually talking with a client yesterday who explained it kind of the same. She said, Mm. I'm externally confident. People see I get stuff done. I'm I'm pretty capable. But on the inside, I have this fear and self-doubt running and people don't, you know, when I say I'm not ready for something, people go, no, no, you're fine. You're really capable. And then that kind of pushes her into this next level of something. And I've experienced that as well. Like I've had that same external very very competent internally going what the fuck am I even doing a lot of the time correct (laughs) yeah so we spend our entire lives on the outer game so I've done I've got a nice car I've got the house I've got the I'm you know leading the way I've got businesses I've got three kids I'm doing everything that everyone wanted me to do and what I thought I wanted to do and now that I've got it all and I've got you know I start to go to the inner game I go, oh my God, I've, I've one neglected my inner game. I don't have an inner game. I don't know what an inner game is, but I know that I'm desperately lonely and unhappy and constantly feel like something's missing and worrying all the time. I'm worried all the time because I'm not close to that inner game. I'm not working on my inner game. Yeah. I, um, and then that brings the anxiety, doesn't it? That, Correct. Yeah, Correct. that's where the anxiety kind of comes because it's that constant worry. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because anxiety manifests in so many different ways and we can see some patterns there for you that it's about like I, I do have a really great life, but actually I don't feel that I have a great life. Correct. And this almost this, you know, forces ag- against each other. And one of the ways I look at that, like I've been studying spiritual psychology the last like intensely the last couple of years. And the way that they describe it is that we have the goal line in life and we have the soul line. Mm. 
which is probably similar to what you're talking about. So the goal line is the ego-driven, what is it that I'm wanting to manifest in the here and now, that, you know, the house, the car, the husband, the, you know, the diamonds, the holidays. The, and it's important, I think, you know, for people to have their versions of success and happiness around the goal line, but it's also very common for people to neglect that soul, that internal what am I actually here for? What am I? What is my soul yearning for me to do? And I can hear that there's a conflict for you. Mm. And what I can also hear, Bree, is it's not okay for me to do what I really want to do. Correct. Because people will laugh, people will make fun. Yes. That there's something wrong with woo-woo spirituality. So that's going insane. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So so one of the things that I do when I'm working with clients and for myself as well going, well, why can't, like, where's that coming from? Where's that feeling of it's not okay for me to do what I want? Where does that come from? And sometimes it's a obvious response. A lot of the time people say, I don't know. Like, I really don't know where that comes from, but I would hazard a guess that it's come from some conditioning in upbringing that it's come from some events in life that have imprinted on our subconscious and have been reinforced through a whole lot of things that we do. And my belief system is that we've probably come into this life with that imprint as well. So for lessons to learn. So what is it for you that you feel that it's not okay to be the high priestess? Oh, so... The high priestess is my purpose, but there's this this sense of not being who all of you, right? So I'm not yeah. I have a successful out of game, but I'm not being all of me, which leads to, yeah. to unfulfillment. Yeah. And so, you know, I read this quote and it was like, you know, if twenty five thousand monks meditated for an hour on the same thing, what the essence of what they would come come up with is be you, yes, but be all of you. Yeah, okay. So there's being yourself, and people can claim they're being authentic, but if you, it takes immense courage, maturity, and wisdom to be all of you, and bra- like mostly bravery is yeah, yeah. where I struggle. Yeah. So am I being all of me with my husband? No. Mm. Am I being all of me as Brie the mum? No. Am I being all of me as Brie, you know, all of the internal thing, relationships? No. Mm. And so, you know, to be all of me, there's some pretty outrageous things there <laughs> that would, you know, embarrass probably my family, would definitely embarrass my mum, would totally rock the foundation of probably my marriage. Mm. would would potentially embarrass my kids would you know it's 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 how do I have the courage how am I going to have the courage to do what I know I want to do to lead to deep fulfillment when all of these other stakeholders could be left in the dust you know it could be I could alienate all the it's the fear of my do you know that for sure do you know that you will no 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 No. sometimes it's stuff that we Tell ourselves. Tell ourselves. And it's also like for me, 
what comes forward for me when I meet people and they go, this is me, I don't give a shit what people think, I'm going to be me regardless. And part of me goes, oh, good on you for being so comfortable and confident in yourself. But it's also, what is the impact of you being you Mm. having on other people? So I don't think, my my belief is, others probably might think differently, is that, yes, be ourselves, but also be very cognizant about what being ourselves might mean. And we do have to adapt. We do have to adapt. And we don't show everything in every situation. And what I've experienced, like I'm always pretty authentic, but I've had a very carefully curated filter Mm. about which bits I will show and I still I, I still do have that filter sometimes 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 I don't but I'm pretty I've been able to I guess dissolve some of the ones that were there as a barrier and not allow people in thinking it's not okay for me I don't know it's not okay for me to do certain things correct um, yes. it's like what the fuck am I even thinking uh, yes sorry I've gone mm. off track there as well Look at you thinking about your own journey, Dick. Yes. I'm the journalist and I'm asking you questions. <laughs> <laughs> but it is about that, you, you know, feeling like something's missing that, like we can kind of fill in the, the gaps for you about, well, it doesn't feel okay for me to do it because it might really rock the foundations of things that are really important to me. So Correct. how can you still fulfill your desires and bring others on the journey or like then are they they your responsibility because yeah what do you reckon about that oh look if i you know the heart the priestess thing is is my fair you know my, the people around me would just laugh but i think ultimately they'd support it yes i and, and agree and don't get me wrong the the priestess thing is not something i've really ever t- spoken about I really have only spoken about her here. And so when I when in I'm on private Facebook little space saying, between us. No. When I'm like, listen to this podcast, people will be hearing. Like I told my sister a couple of weeks ago, and that was kind of the first time I'd actually, you know, told her. I joked about it, but I told her. And she said, Oh man, did you just go all Kanye on my ass? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, you've watched way too much um The Colour Purple, you know, because that's yeah. about church and spirituality. And she laughed, but I think ultimately she would she would just be like, yeah. what do you want to do? I'll help you. Like if I'm if I'm real about it, they would help me. They would laugh and think it was a phase potentially, but they would help me. I think they would help me. Yeah, there yeah. are some other aspects of me. There are other some other aspects of me that I find that I've that I can't that I can't step into and what and haven't been able to step into and and so I suppress right and so when you I think I think women spend a lot of time suppressing yes 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 right yeah suppressing yeah and that makes you sick you know like it makes me mentally unwell yeah yeah potentially physically unwell god you know god knows but yeah the suppressing is is yeah it is making me very mentally unwell so very anxious and 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 panicky is it worth to continue suppressing and continue with the discomfort 
rather than breaking through that for some discomfort, but stepping into that gorgeous, mm. fabulous mm. freedom, I would suggest that that probably yeah. is. Is it? Yeah. And that's where you, you know, I don't know the answers to that. That's where you need to weigh up. It's about, yep, yeah, suppressing is not great. And it's the fear of if I do step into what I really want to do, that might not be great either. But I think what would come with that is a sense of freedom and that, you know, maybe you're came into the life with the same thinking I had about this, you know, over-responsibility for others and how they mm-hmm. might respond because I believe that we all have our own personal curriculum for this lifetime and our lessons are ours and sometimes they cross over with other people but they have their lessons as well and sometimes Mm. when we suppress because we think we're protecting others what we're actually doing is stopping them from learning their life lessons and their life curriculum so it's do you know what I don't fuck that's that's a hard one when it crosses over Mm. with people Mm. close in your life Mm. I think a lot of women get to the point of is it more painful to suppress and keep going the way I am or to just, you know, completely rock the foundation of everything and step into it, you know. It can't, nothing's, you know, it's sad, but you get to a point where I can't do this anymore. So whatever this is, I can't do. Yes. Yeah. But you can also do it in a way that isn't going to blow up the bridge and you can do it maybe in a way that is, yes, I'm stepping into what who I want to be, but I'm not, I can do it in a way that isn't a explosion to others as well. And, I, you know, we're, we're talking fairly high, you know, high level yeah. specifics yeah. Yeah. and stuff. You, you know much more. I feel about. like I should be paying for this session. Like, this is very... <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you my bill. I'll send you my yeah. bill. But you know what? I think this is beautiful, Brie, because there are so many women. I know that there are women because there's women that in my community that have said almost what you're saying. They've got their version of the thing and their version of the the suppression, but the suppression's there, there, there's something missing is there for some of them. Life isn't, life's good, but life isn't kind of what I want and is it okay for me to want more when it's, you know, okay? That's right. Yeah. I've got everything. Like why am I, why do I still feel lonely? Why do I, you know, how selfish am I? And, and yeah. you know, be thankful there are others in worse situations and, yeah. You know, totally guilty for feeling empty and lonely, but you can't help it. That's just how you feel. Yes. And I think when you acknowledge the feelings Correct. and you go, Oh yeah, I am empty. I am lonely. It's the internal game. I get that. What am I really, what is my soul really yearning for? And I think you've probably got the answers to that. And what is my soul yearning for? And then how can my soul help me to actually make that happen? And how can I do it in a way that is for the highest good of everybody concerned? For me, that's a really important part of my process. How can I do what I want to do for the highest good of everybody concerned? So that's me. So it meets my needs and it's also for the highest good of others. And sometimes the highest good for others is not something easy and nice mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. roses and stuff, but it is for their highest good. So 
Mm. There's this fantastic book written a few years ago called The Happiness Project. Yeah. I forget the author. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, I would love to write a book called The Courage Project. Yeah. And what happens to relationships and to, yeah. you know, your entire outer life when you yeah. when you focus on the inner game instead of the outer game. Mm. Do you know, that's really cool. Write that book. Absolutely. Yeah. Write that book. Mm. I, can I write the forward for you? Um, yes, please. Yeah, write the book. <laughs> and I have on, like, one of my taglines is, the secret to my success is the courage to be happy. So it's interesting you've mentioned those two books, but really the secret to my success is, you know, life wasn't great for a lot of years and I wasn't happy and I didn't think it was okay to be happy. And I made the decision that I didn't want to live the way I was living. I didn't exactly know how I was going to live, but I made the decision that I didn't want to live like that. Wow. I made what were the you doing at that point? What was you, were you out of life focused, out of game focused? Oh, I was fucked focused. <laughs> Sorry, I oh. was. This is on the back of so so. Mum mum passed away when I was young. That left me in a really traumatic state. Like you wow. know, fear, lonely, yeah. unsure, angry. But externally, I was very. I, I was quite capable. I had to become independent, quite capable. But it was in my mid-20s when I just, it was probably about 10 years after mum passed away. And I went, I just, I'm tired. I'm exhausted of just being angry and miserable all the time. And it was when I was learning some, you know, getting exposed to different kind of tools and techniques to help clients. But it was just like, oh, actually, this is helping me. And I made the decision, Brie, back then to go, I'm going to make it my mission to live my best and most beautiful life that I can in honour of my mum who died at 36, but in honour of me, in honour of me to, you know, I could either be miserable and shitty for the rest of my life and what impacts that going to have, or I can try and, you know, really make a commitment to have a good life. And I've had stuff happen, ups and downs and things like that, but the courage to step through what I was going through to change my life. So for me, it was about being happy and there's different versions of what happiness means for people. So it was about that courage. I'm with you, that courage to actually move beyond where you are. And Brie will have a beautiful book. Can you write it quickly for people? (laughs) It's launching at the end of this year. There you go. I've given myself a deadline. And you've said it publicly. I just need a publisher if anyone's interested. There we go. Actually, there's probably some people. Do you know what? You could, I I think that would be, and even going through that process would be cathartic for you to help you through your process because you've got a sense of what you want to do. I think some of the next steps will be around getting more clarity about what that could look like it's not taking action a lot of people take action too early and mm. then they do kind of blow up the the bridge but it's about getting clarity and you won't have the you get clarity about the next step and then you start doing some stuff around that then you'll get clarity around yeah. the next step so if you try and get clarity about what's the whole thing going to look like now you just get into this over analyzing Mm. what do I what would I really love to do what would I really what could that look like how could I make that happen 
How could I do it where the people that are important to me in life support me? Mm. How, mm. how could I do that? And then when you, I reckon that's probably where you spend your thoughts. Then you'll get clarity around that and then you'll move into a next phase and you'll probably meet different people that will open up some yes. opportunities and then you get clarity into the next phase of things is what I kind of think for what that's worth. Love it. <laughs> love, love. Oh, my gosh, Bree, we could talk for ever. ever and ever and we will be talking again. So Bree's going to be a guest at the Happiness Hangout here in Canberra. So for those of you listening to this podcast and you want to actually get to meet Bree in real person and chat with her and ask questions, come along to the Happiness Hangout on the 7th of June. Any last little tips you'd like to share with anyone? What does fill your cup? Let me ask, what fills your cup? (gasps) Lots of different things that I don't do. Oh. <laughs> um, taking things slowly. That's one. Being yeah. taking things slowly, focusing on now, being creative, mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. I do a lot of writing, but not writing that I necessarily not writing for myself. Yeah. Just really simple things, but also outrageous things as well. Dressing up as a Playboy bunny, for example. Yeah. yeah. Actually, follow. Where can people find you on socials? Because I think they yeah. need to follow you. Yeah. I'm at Brie underscore Q News is probably the best one on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And we'll have all those details in the show notes as well, so people can yeah, yeah can follow Brie. Thank you so much. There's a lot there that so much there. I think yeah, people relate to. It it totally didn't go the way I thought it would, but that's like good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks, gorgeous. Thank you. And if anybody there wants more of what you heard today, pop over to the Happiness Hive website, which is happiness-hive, and sign up to the newsletter because I do I do share tips and just life hacks and different things in the newsletter each week. So if you want to sign up, I'd love you to there. And we also have the links to the podcast. So thank you. Hugs and happiness. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.